Welcome to the Revelation Project Podcast. I'm Monica Rogers, and this podcast is intended to disrupt the trance of unworthiness and to guide women to remember and reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Project Podcast. Today, I'm with two very special guests. The Born to Rise Book Project is a collaboration with Kim Fuller of Born to Rise and publisher Bryna Haynes of World Changers Media. Kim and Bryna have been friends for many years, and Bryna was the editor of Kim's first book, Finding. The two met for coffee one afternoon, and the idea for the book was born. The Born to Rise movement is designed to harness the feminine energies of compassion, empathy, courage, and expansion to create deeper and more connected conversations. Their mission is to share stories, to inspire and educate, to use creativity to amplify our thinking, and to empower one another to embody the greatest versions of ourselves by connecting through our collective desires to raise our consciousness and have a positive impact on the world. So please join me in welcoming Kim Fuller and Bryna Haynes. Kim, I just saw you opening a whole box of the Born to Rise books. What does that feel like? Yeah, well, thanks for having us, Monica. We're so excited because there's just so much exciting stuff going on in Born to Rise, and I'm excited to be doing this with Bryna. And of course, I've known you forever, and it's just so fun. But yeah, oh, you know, like I said, Bryna did my first book and, and I'm just so grateful and it, you know, won awards because she helped me with that. And, um, opening those books was exciting, but there was something about opening these and it felt like I was opening up for more people, more women. You know, when you do your, your own first book, it feels very, Oh, me, you know, Oh, I did this and all, but this book is a collection of stories and it felt like, you know, I was opening a box for all women that this was going to get out to a lot of women and share the voices of a lot of women, which is part of the mission of Born to Rise. And I couldn't have been more excited. It's yeah, it's and it's beautiful too. like great, great work. I got a chance to hold one of my hot little hands the other night. And Bryna, what was it like for you? I have so many questions. But what I really kind of want to get a sense of Bryna is what inspired you to kind of do this collaborative project with Kim? I know, but I would love to have you tell our listeners. Yeah. So doing collaborative books wasn't really on my radar for a long time. I actually had the pleasure of working with uh, publisher Linda Joy in the earlier part of my career. And uh, at Inspired Living Publishing, we did anthologies really regularly. And I learned so much about that art uh, from that experience. But I hadn't done any work in that space in about six years or yeah, five or six years since 2017. And it wasn't something that I was thinking about. And then when Kim and I got together and we started talking, it just seemed like such a natural project for us to work with together because Kim's entire brand is around elevating women's stories. And, you know, she asked me if I was if I was interested in helping her compile that. And it's like, oh, well, you know, absolutely. That's, you know, that's like kind of right up my alley. So, it was really, it just felt like such a natural fit. Yeah. And, you know, 
my mission with World Changers is really around elevating voices for thought leadership. And so it felt like just, you know, an instant yes for this collaboration. Yeah. And and what I love the most about what you all are up to is that I think for so many women, the prospect of writing a book is such a gigantic endeavor. And so many, you would have actual statistics on this, Bryna, but so many women don't actually, first of all, even think they have a story to tell. Oh, Right, right. And, and I want to go into this a little more. And the second thing is, and that's part of the trance of unworthiness right there is I don't have a story to tell. So I, I do want to circle back and talk about that in a minute. But the other part of it is doing it collaboratively with other women. And the way that you guys went about it was, I thought, so powerful because I think that when you circle with women, And you you did live workshops together, you did phone calls, you did Zoom calls, and all of these women got to kind of almost contemplate their story and realize, first of all, how many stories they had. So the first thing they had to do was just take the leap and say, like, I want to do this from this place of yes, and to be almost like have faith that yes, in fact, they had a story to tell. And then it was, I think, the fact that in this collaboration, you ended up having uh, how many writers at the end? 22. Okay. And so collaboratively, there's a book because it becomes this anthology of stories. And I feel like once a woman has that one story under her belt, like as a published author, it just, it it kind of like takes the cork out of the bottle. So I look at what you two are doing and what you're up to with this particular project, and I see how infectious it might be in terms of what is now possible for any of the women who contributed a story to this book. So I want to get curious and just kind of check in and find out where did you see the trance come up as you met with women? I really saw you, Kim, lean forward in your chair and and get activated when I said, like, most women don't even think they have a story. So I think there's something there. What do you have to say about that? Well, it was funny because we did a lot of personal interviewing first. So Brian would interview some of the women. And, and what I absolutely love doing is talking to people and getting super curious about who they are and their story. And it's amazing when you start asking the right questions, the stories come out naturally. And I was like, that's a story right there. And so, you know, you know how it is like something's right in front of our faces and we just can't see it. But as soon as someone else shows it to us. And I remember that from writing my own book that somebody said, you never talked about the time you lived on a boat. And I'm like, well, so what about that? What does that have to do with my story? But it has a lot to do with it actually, because it's formed who I am. And that's really where the stories can emerge is from that place of where you start to have realizations around choices that you've made, moments that transformed you, awakenings or ahas, and they become these stories or internal narratives, if you will, in a lot of the work I do, to recognize that narrative and how it directs us throughout our day. Now, there could be this big overarching story, right, that something happened, an experience that we went through that was challenging or forced us to really look at something differently. But there's also these beautiful stories of just how we've navigated our lives and the choices that we've made in the everyday situations. Because those are the things that 
that all humans probably experience in some way or another, but we don't necessarily talk about because they seem so ordinary. But when we do, it really helps us see the beauty in those small or transformative moments, if you will, in life. You know, it could be just a conversation that you have with your child or someone that you meet on the street. I've had beautiful stories come out of conversations of just random occurrences. And when we can really just start asking the right questions, which is Brian is great at, and I, I certainly love doing, and I'm curious about people, they, they realize, oh, I do have a story. And I didn't realize I believed that or thought that or felt that or, and that means something. Yeah. Like we need to just own and cut, like it matters and it means something. Yeah. Yes. So it starts to shape us. And so those are the things that I and Bryna encourage people to look at as we're creating these and crafting these stories for this book. Yeah. One thing you said, uh, Kim, that really struck me was many of the stories in our history have been told by men. And what you're up to is balancing those stories with her stories. Yeah. Stories of the heart, of love, transformation, community, and the exploration of the inner realms, which I love so much because so much of what we're up to here at the Revelation Project is this journey of the inward. Like, yes, there's all these revelations that we can have out there, but I think what some of the revelations that you're talking about that were so powerful happened on the inside for these women where they actually got to learn so much about themselves and like these gems that they've been kind of carrying around that have been unmined. And not only are you really activating, you know, their voices, but I'm sure that there's a full body experience. There's just in every single energy center, there's got to be like a, a more groundedness, more feeling, right? Like, because you really have to dig deep to write stories. And I think that that's also a reason a lot of women don't want to go there, because we've often suppressed and shoved down our emotional world. And so sometimes writing means that we have to be with whatever it is that we've suppressed in order to express what's wanting to be, you know, revealed. Bryna, do you have anything you want to add to that? Well, I think you're really onto something there. And I think that the thing that's remarkable about the Born to Rise authors in particular, and women who choose to engage with their own stories in general, is that when you are ready to stop looking at your story as something that happened to you, or something that's not a big deal, or something that doesn't matter, and actually start looking at your story as, as a gift to other people, about, you know, you start asking, how can my story help someone else? How can my story empower another woman? You start really seeing your own experiences differently. And there is a, a hurdle or many hurdles to get over in that pursuit. One of them is that trance of unworthiness. One of them could be fear of visibility. One of them could be lingering victim mentality, right? You can't use your story as a powerful teaching tool if you're still, you know, in a victim mode. So there's some big changes that need to happen internally with our relationship to our story in order for it to do the good in the world that it can do. And so committing to telling your story, especially 
you know, in a forum like what we've created, where there's a book visibility element, there's an on-stage visibility element because the authors are speaking at the, you know, the Board Your Eyes book launch and festival. That takes a level of courage. Mm-hmm. And it's really remarkable to witness because the simple act of these women saying yes opened the gate for that to happen. And so for many of them, they'd already done a lot of work around their story. They'd already had a lot of experiences, you know, recognizing how their experiences had contributed to their ability to have the impact that they want to have. But for everyone, I think, unequivocally involved in this project, there was a moment of like, wow, I did not realize that I had so much to offer. Yeah. Yes. And so it was, it was really, and it happened at various points in the process. For some, it happened very close to the end, you know, like I see it even, you know, sparkles of that in the book unboxing videos that we've got going on social media. For some, it happened very early in the writing process or even in the brainstorming process. Like, oh my God, I had no idea that, that this element of my story could actually be helpful to someone or could be transformational for someone. And so, you know, it's like popcorn. (laughs) Um, So it was, it was really cool to witness. And it's something that I see all the time with authors. So authors that we work with on a one-on-one basis, authors in collaborative projects like this, I think it's sort of a prerequisite for being an author. (laughs) You know, if you're going to share your story, this change in your relationship to it is fundamental. It has to happen. Yeah. Otherwise, you won't get to that level of potency that the work requires. Yes, yes. I love this. So we're there, you know, when I talk about the trans of unworthiness, and and you two are more familiar, because of course, we've known each other for quite a while. When I talk about the trans of unworthiness, you know, it's, it's, there's so many ways that it shows up, it can show up in how we hold our body, (laughs) right? Almost like, like apologizing for taking up space. It can show up in it. Like if, if I think of the various energy centers of the chakras and I looked at, you know, some of us are so out there that even coming back into our bodies is like, and anchoring in, even that can be so, so difficult at first. Having a sense of, actually feeling of allowing emotions to flow in order to get to the writing. When it comes to like uh, disarming the heart center, I think of like the the vulnerability that it takes. And then of course, just sometimes there's the voice. Well, there's always the voice, but then and sometimes there's kind of like something kind of coming through us that wants to be told. And, and there are women that have kind of realize that they have this access that that it's all right there just all they need to do is sit down and it kind of flows right through them i'm curious if you have any stories for like some of the themes that you saw that came up and the reason i think this is important is because for my listener i often say that every single woman has a story has multiple stories right and i learned this 
uh, in my work with Rebecca Gold in yogic writing, it was like I had my own experience and I did two rounds of her or with her in a group of women where every single woman in the group, whether she was an advanced writer or a beginner, it was like astounding once you were prompted. Like you said, Kim, earlier, if we ask the right questions, if we're prompted, there's a story. It's like right there. So I'm curious if there's anything that really stood out, if there was there was a lot of emotion or anything else that you want to kind of bring up. I'll just talk a little bit about the retreat that we had. So we had a lot of the women had gone through the process of crafting their story, working with the editors, working with Bryna or myself. And there was a lot that came up there. There's so much to say. I got to make sure I stay on track here. But <laughs> the vulnerability piece, first of all, is is huge. Um, when we were on the retreat, one of the big topics was what Bryna mentioned about this maybe fear of being fully seen. And what if I share this story? What is someone going to know about me or think about me when they've always seen me this way or that way? And we make this assumption that somehow that is a bad thing. There was one woman in particular who is a pretty high profile strategist in the world, in the business world. She, you know, sits at tables with kings, queens, and leaders, and she's just a prominent woman in this circle of, of business people and otherwise and leaders. And her story is really about love <laughs> and almost a spiritual side. Well, not almost a spiritual side of some work that she does as well as who she is as a being. And it was really interesting to watch her as we spoke, talk about that side and how important it was to include that in her work. And she actually did a talk that started to talk more about her spiritual side and she got more positive feedback than she ever could have imagined. And it was just one of those things that when you do step into your truth and realize the value and how that comes out, that your stories are so real and raw that people connect on a much deeper and more beautiful level than you could imagine. When we get up there and just tell something that, you know, sounds good and makes us look good or whatever, that that's okay. But if, you know, to really bring it on home, as they say, that vulnerability needs to be there, I think, on some level. So that's just one example. But one thing that I know you've often said is, you know, about giving permission, right, to, to do things. Women sometimes need that. But there is a value in being in a group with a bunch of women because we do give each other that permission in some ways. We're able to in a appropriate space like the retreat, there's this certain safety where we we allow things to unfold because we're all in it with the same intention. And there is a certain permission to start to go there. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the women, as we shared stories that weekend, started to really connect so deeply with one another from all over the country these women were coming from. And it was that space we held that was all the permission that anyone needed, really. And to just say, I'm in it with you. And that's what Born to Rise is for me, is that space holding, that place where you just allow someone to be, whatever that is, whatever's coming up. And that's why when, when Brian and I first talked about this book, I, I said, 
I'm so down to do a book, but I want this book to feel alive. I want people to connect with the authors, for the authors to connect with each other, and for them to be able to present live so that their voice, that sound resonates out into the world. So that's that herstory, right? That's this place where women's voices start to be amplified. So I talked about a lot of things there, but I'm you, you're bringing up so many great points, Monica. Well, what else I'm thinking about, you know, and, and Brian, I'm going to turn to you for this one is, you know, there's there's a statement that often comes up in writing and it's show, don't tell, right? And so there's, there's I'm just wondering, like, right, like, that has no meaning to anybody until you give them an example. Like, here's what it is to show, right? Here's what it is to tell. Here's what it is to show. So I'm wondering, like, were there, were there tips and prompts like that? Were there ways that women could really kind of maybe revise a version from a different place, from a different perspective, from a different, right, that really helped to get to this vulnerability piece? Yeah, so we actually opened the program with almost full day virtual training that we, we spent a lot of time on this. That said, in my experience over, you know, how many years, 15, 16, 17 years now as an editor, almost always when someone tells a difficult story, the first time it reads like a book report. And and then I yes. went here and then I did this and then this thing happened and, you know, and this was the result and yay. You know, and it's like, okay, okay, yep, the end. Yep, Kim's yawning. Kim's yawning. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's actually a very natural place to begin because when, when we've never really engaged with our story in a way that makes it useful to other people, which is really what writing is, right? We, we can write for ourselves, but that's journaling. If we're writing in a book, if we're writing an article, if we're writing to be read, it's not about us anymore. And so we have all of these emotional connections to our story in our head. But when we first write them, we're like, skim, 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 skim the surface. You know, we're like a little dragonfly walking on the ocean. It's like, no, honey, we're going down. So, we're going deep. Um, we're going deep. We're going yep. deep. And so the show don't tell principle. And I, I have to say that as a writer myself, it took me years to fully understand it. Yeah. Because Ben's are important. But the events are meaningless without the context of emotion and sensory input. Mm. So mm. when we're telling stories, the show part is really about how did this feel as opposed to what happened? Mm -hmm. And there's another aspect there too, you know, especially if you're if you're working in narrative, whether that's our own story or we're working in narrative fiction, it's really about, you know, how do people, including us, show who they are as, you know, as opposed to tell who they are. So mm -hmm. we know a lot about people by their actions. We learn a lot about writers through what they show us they did and felt and thought. And often we find that that is in opposition to what they tell us they are doing, right? Which is always what makes interesting character. And I think that we all always have to think about, and this is my, my fantasy geek showing, but we have to think about world building in storytelling. And that's a term that applies mostly to science fiction and fantasy writing. Like you're building a world. This is the magic system. This is the, you know, this is the way that the, the world is organized. But actually, every time we tell a story, we're world building. 
And we need to invite people into our world in order for them to fully immerse themselves in a story. So when we can put ourselves in that frame of mind, we can show as opposed to tell. Yeah. Bryna, the most ironic and funniest part of what you're saying is that you're sitting in front of a giant picture <laughs> painting of a dragon. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yes, uh, it's just so perfect. <laughs> this is this is my. I, I wish everybody could see this. This is my spirit dragon, as painted by my lovely friend Joanna Reed. And yeah, and uh, I, I really, I had no idea how much my fantasy geek would apply to nonfiction writing, but it actually, I mean, story is story is story, and the more creative we need to be in our storytelling, actually, the more tools we gain. So I actually bring that in a lot when I'm teaching. How does a summer of yes sound to you? Yes to your body. Yes to joy. Yes to pleasure. Yes to sisterhood. Yes to rest and relaxation. Yes, yes, yes. This is about finding your authentic pace in a hectic world that keeps you in various states of depletion and self-abandonment. You might be thinking, how? I have work to do. Or, summer flies by so fast as it is. And yes, it's true. And, we're unbecoming from scarcity and rushing, from hating on ourselves and depriving ourselves of pleasure, space, and time. By saying yes this summer, it's about revealing a new way of being in relationship to yourself and to the world. It's about learning the truth of the magic of being full of yourself, of having your cake and eating it too. And yes, it is possible. Here are a few testimonies of women who recently completed Unbecoming. Kristen says, Embarking on the journey of unbecoming has transformed my life. I've grown immensely in so many ways, in my business leadership, my relationship with my husband, children, and friends, and in my efforts to build community. Living my truth and knowing how to follow my intuition has led me to live with joy and pleasure. Elissa shares, thank you for being here as I found my way back home to myself, for seeing me when I wasn't able to. Thank you for witnessing me in my vulnerability and my angst, my pain and my confusion, and for showing me where to find what I've been seeking within myself. I am forever changed. And finally, Trish said, Unbecoming created space which allowed me to support and nourish the parts of me I had cast aside for so long. I've begun dropping limiting beliefs I've had about myself for years. The circle of sisterhood is powerful, raw, wild, and made of love. So I have a question for you. Are you in for the summer of yes? Apply now by going to signup.jointherevelation.com slash unbecoming. That's signup.jointherevelation.com slash unbecoming. Apply now. We begin June 6th, and we can't wait to welcome you into the circle of sisterhood. Will you say yes to you?
Well, and and here's what else I'm hearing, Bryna and Kim. I know you'll appreciate this and really resonate because of your our our work together over the years, and also your work in general is daring to take up space, mm. right? In our writing, mm-hmm. because the skimming, the surface level stuff reminds me of, again, the way that we women can make ourselves really small and like nothing to see here, nothing to see here. The way that we can make ourselves smaller so that other people have all the room. And and so it's a way, what I'm hearing is it's a way of really like lingering in your writing in these sensations and in these sensorial ways of kind of going back and meeting our memories or our experiences with our hearts, right? From this place of like, yes, we are going to use the mind to help contextualize and for the structure, but it's actually like when you talk about what makes it useful for other people, it's in these, like love is in the details, right? Like it's this way of helping people connect to their feelings. The same way for me, this podcast is not about having revelations for people. It's about creating the conversations that allow them to have their own revelations. Yeah. And you know, what's so interesting is, you know, when we went on the retreat, we started with a meditation, which was all of us lying in a line, arm to arm, you know, arms resting, so that there was this sense of connection and you could feel each other breathing. Because I think both of us fully believe that this is not an individual endeavor. We, you know, writing a book or writing in general feels so private. You know, when you're journaling, you're in your little space and your little special book and your favorite pen. But then in this particular situation, we were really creating a kind of community around it all and a support. And I think, but also I think that created a space that you're talking about. We, you know, the women could take up space, but in this unified kind of way, if that makes any sense. And I think that's how I feel women often work best is when we, when we just come together and we're like, mm we're not, we, we are separate and we all have our unique gifts and talents. And when we can come together and support and be in this kind of a community, there is no stopping us. Yeah, and I think that's yes. a little bit different than the masculine version of how some people might work. I'm, you know, and Brian, I think we both want to bring forth more of that feminine collaboration, gathering kind of ideal here, because we need that, ladies, right? We know that. Well, right. I was just going to say, like, it's okay that, like, we get to need each other. Like, that gets to actually be here. We get to need each other. And that's the, per- right. And that's the permission piece for me, too, is like, oh, I see her saying that and being vulnerable, and she's not burning in hell, or she's not dying on the floor. She's okay. Right. She's not dead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she survived that. that. And so we lean in, and then we say yes, and we try and I'll tell you what, I, I think when I turned 50, I, it was like, this is my year of yes. I'm going to say yes to everything that's not dangerous. It, ex- it just like opened up so many things. And I find that the more we do that, you know, and say yes to just tip the toe in, it might scare the living, you know what, out of you, but it will change you. And you will say, I did that. And now I can do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And it just might be writing the book. Yeah. Yeah. 
right? It just might be standing on the stage because you're going to feel the impact that those yeses have on yourself first. And then God knows when you're good with yourself, oh, the world is your oyster. Okay. I want to hear a few before and afters. Like I want to hear, you don't have to mention any names, but like uh, maybe a couple examples of where someone started and like where you, where you see them now, like what, what they see possible, like from doing this. You want to go, Bryna? Cause I know you have one. <laughs> I'll go. Well, I totally have one. And actually I'm going to call her out by name. She is my, actually, I call her my chief marketing goddess, Alexa Gorman. And she started off like, I think I might have a story. Do you think I might be able to be part of this project? She's so just incredibly sweet and like, just so talented and so, so deep and so emotionally connected. And this, I loved that she asked. And so of course we said yes. And now she is actually working on her first solo book of essays. And it was, you know, it only took the one to open the floodgates and we will be publishing her book next year. So, oh my goodness. Very, very excited for that. And she's an incredible talent. Like I knew she'd be a good writer, but whoa. So, <laughs> but did she know? Did she know? She did not know. And, or at least it, it seemed from an outside perspective that that knowledge hadn't sunken in yet. And it was, it was really magical to witness because, you know, she has this, this amazing talent that she's putting to use for, for so many other people. And now she's committed to, uh, to putting it to use for herself and speaking out in all the ways that she needs to. I love that. I think, I think she, she transformed in so many ways, right? I mean, that's just one small example, but she, she just gained the confidence that has helped her build her business out more. She's gaining more clients. She's just really seeing that, that this process um, has opened up things for her and she's just going for it. Yeah. She's a perfect example. And I feel like there's this, there's this narrative that goes on in so many spiritual circles where it's like, you have, you know, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks and you just have to believe in yourself and screw everybody else. And, and yes, you know, believing in yourself is a decision that has to happen internally. But man, it's a hell of a lot easier when you have people around you who can be like, yeah, that's right. Do that. I'm cheering for you. When, when you're not trying to do it in a vacuum and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think it having the right circle, having the right people around you, it doesn't facilitate the process, but it accelerates it. Yeah. And having people who can just see the best version of you, even when you can't see it. Well, that's why I'm friends with the two of you. You guys know I'm calling you like, Kim, I can't see the best version of me right now. I'm mad at the world, you know? And, right. uh, <laughs> you know, and you can hold that for me. And, yeah. you know, and I, I know that transformation for me happens faster because I have these amazing women in my life who can see what we I need can't a witness. See. Yeah, we need a witness. Yeah. And you know, how many times have I mentioned Sage Polaris's comment that I'll never forget, which is that you can't read the label from inside the bottle. Yeah, what what else you're pointing to, though, Bryna is something, you know, that I call resonance in that way, right? Like, I- I'll never forget how many the first time I really read something in a group. And I looked up from the piece and everybody's like 
crying or in various states of shock or emotion. And I'm like, I had no idea that that story, because because it lives in my body and in my head, I'm used to it, right? But like to tell some of these stories, I don't think we can appreciate the impact until we actually dare to, to write it and then to actually express it. And it does really, I mean, there's, there's so much here, right? It's such rich territory for women. Because what I'm also hearing and what the two of you are sharing is like the magic of sisterhood. Oh my God, yeah. And what happens when women come in, into circles together where we're actually acting as these witnesses for each other, where, you know, when we cannot see ourselves or we have gotten to a point in our lives where we've we've gotten so far away from being able to see ourselves. Cause I do believe that that happens to all of us. I believe that we, we just get fractured over time and it is kind of like this distorted mirror and we need the witness. We need that person who can mirror to us the truth. I have like a real time story about the kind of like this Monica that illustrates and it's just sort of coming to me, but you know, I have a son who went through some attachment issues. Now, Part of the reason that he shut down and had a hard time connecting to others probably was a a type of neglect. So imagine yourself as an infant and you're crying out and you're needing things and no one comes to your rescue, right? You're not seen. You go inward and you feel like you're alone and you become isolated and it makes it very hard as you grow up to connect with other humans. That has been women's conditioning in some way. Men used to always gather and women were told to stay elsewhere or they didn't feel seen, heard, or what have you and were told to stay quiet. Men practiced being seen. They stood in circles and told war stories or whatever they were sharing. They did it. So, of course, they think that if they speak up and use their voices, that's a celebratory thing because that's what they've been conditioned around, whereas we've been conditioned that we're not supposed to do that. That's not our role. So we are reconditioning ourselves now. And yes, they needed each other. Men, women need each other. There's nothing wrong with being in a community and you don't have to do it alone kind of feeling. That's just something that's so deeply ingrained in us that we're supposed to do it all alone. And no wonder we're struggling, right? And so I love so much all the women's communities I've been in. And I think it was the thing that really... Because for years, worked uh, I worked on my own. But once I started getting into women's communities, everything shifted. Mm-hmm. I saw the power in that kind of gathering so strongly. And, you know, meeting people like Bryna, who who had this go get them attitude. And I'm like, oh, I want some of that. And, and she helped me, you know, up-level myself and working with you, Monica. And you're like, Kim, push it, push, get those photos, get that, this, you know. And it it, it makes me a better person. Yeah. Whereas I sit in my little hole and wallow in, oh, I'm not enoughness or I'm too small or I shouldn't be saying that out loud or all the things. So this book to me is an extension and a permission for other women to speak up, talk about things, share, commune, gather. So if nothing else, I hope this book inspires other women to really start to share and not be afraid to share because what they have to say is important. And 
you know, we could go on for hours about that. But yeah. Well, I'm kind of laughing, Kim, I have to say, because I'm like, yes. And like, aren't we creating a whole nother opportunity for women to just pick up the phone so you guys can do this all over again? Absolutely. We want to do it again. We're ready. Yeah. I mean, what's going to be a little different about this is that we're actually going to do the retreat earlier in the, in the programming. So let's go there. Tell me more about the structure, like how, like just so that, you know, our listeners understand that there's a structure here, that it's over a period of time, because I think what's so magical about what you guys are doing is you're doing it in community. You know, it's like, guess what? I'm guessing that the 22 women that started, you were like, nobody's not going to finish. We're all going to write a story. Like you are going to be a published author at the end of this, right? Yes. So, and, and here they are, right? After how much time? So tell us. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just do the fluff and, and, you know, let Bryna add on as she likes, but we're, what we, what we do is create, we gather these women, we talk, we, you know, say we're going to meet in September and we're going to have a day long thing where we talk about what the project is all about, the kinds of stories we're looking for, looking for this next book is called awakening. So what, what have they awakened to what's shifted, transformed. And then we're going to have a retreat where we start talking about the art of storytelling. What is that story? They're going to hear from one another. We're doing that earlier on this year. We feel like that's a little bit more needed in the beginning to help them really access their stories in a group because we did a lot of one-on-one in the beginning before and then met as a group. But then we're going to meet online maybe once or once every other week to connect again, see how you're doing with your writing. How's the story going? What's coming up for you? Lots of vulnerabilities come up. Who should I talk about? Who should I not talk about? Those are a lot of the questions that have arisen for people. And then Bryna just comes in. Well, she's in there the whole time, but then her her World Changers Media group just takes over and makes the magic. So I'll, I'll let her add on to that because there's a lot that comes with this program on the publishing side. Okay. And just, just help me understand from start to finish, how, how long is this writing workshop program for these women? Is it like a six, nine month, 12 month? So it's like September to, so we we're going to have our May, September to May. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And then the, the event is in June. So this past year, we were enrolling women throughout the summer. We started in September of 2022. The book will launch May 21st of 2023 this year. And then the live author event is June 11th of uh, 2023. And then we'll have the same sort of cycle for the next project. We'll, we'll be accepting applications over the summer and then starting. Nine months, just like a real birth. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. There is a, there's a lot of components that, that make this, you know, sort of go beyond a simple book project. You know, the book is sort of the end product of the work that we do together. But I almost feel like it's it's not it's not an aside. It's it's the legacy piece. However, the transformation happens because of the work that Kim creates through her coaching and through the work that the women do in community. And so, you know, it's not typical of book writing processes in that way. Okay. Tell, talk more about legacy. What do you mean by that, Bryna? So I feel like a, a big draw for many of the women who enrolled in this project was that they were creating 
something that they could give to the world that they, you know, if they never wrote anything else, which of course will never happen because they're all like, you know, bursting to keep creating, but that, you know, their story was out there and it's doing something and it's in the hands of thousands of people and it's, it's creating transformation. It's almost like, you know, I mean, you and I have talked about this before that, you know, birthing anything creative is like birthing a child, you know, you go through the birthing Mm -hmm. process, but like, then you got to raise the kid. You know, so that's kind of like the marketing and the promotion and the standing behind this thing that you've created. And then at the end of that, it gets to grow its own legs and it gets to have its own identity. And with a project like this, because it's collaborative, because it's not just one person creating the thing, that almost happens more quickly. And that this book then gets to go out and be in the world as its own unique expression, doing its own work Mm. and creating its own impact and its own movement and its own momentum. And I think that's really, it's, it's unique and it's important because it's allowing the, the pieces of us that we've chosen to share to have a life of their own and create an impact ripple beyond even, you know, what each of us are doing individually. It was really interesting. One of the women in the book said a comment, and I'm just going to claim this because I think it's awesome. She goes, think about the Bible written by men. It's a collection of stories. We don't have anything in history like that, that was a collection of stories written by women that I know of. Maybe you do, Monica, you're much more well-read than I am. But she goes, this is like a, a new Bible. And I was like, okay, I'll claim that. <laughs> but I was like, and, and I know that that's a huge thing to label it as. But I, I imagine, and I said this to the ladies on retreat, I said, imagine someone picking this book up 20 years from now. Yeah, They're going to know how women navigated something in the 2023-2022 year, right? That's leaving a mark of some sort that could influence someone. We don't have those voices of our grandmothers necessarily just at our fingertips. But that's to me like a legacy type of thing too, is that it's something that's going to be out there for a while. Well, and what I really hear is is the spirit. You know, the spirit is this now entity which is born to rise the book, right? Like I get chills when I think about women just all over the world are born to rise, right? That that we're in this incredible time in our human evolution right now where we are creating herstory. It's happening right now. It's like women all over the world are awakening or in various states of awakening and they're stepping into their reclamation. They're often having a reckoning with whatever their limiting beliefs have been, whatever, you know, they need to reckon with in order to exhume their truth and, and resurrect their truth and their, and all of these places within that they've allowed to go dormant or, or allowed other people to suppress or quiet or shame or blame or scapegoat them. And it's really about them, I think, in all capacities. I mean, I'm seeing it literally in every single sector, every industry, every, you know, nation that women are 
individually and collectively rising. And so this is a beautiful, right, opportunity. And you've got such a beautiful vision for what you're up to. And it's so relevant. It's so timely. It's so powerful. It's so potent. And you know, Kim, potency and penetration go hand in hand. (laughs) I was, I was, I was joking with Kim earlier. I was like, wait, what did I say? I said something about penetrating. I just like that word, you know. And of course, we just like went there as we will do. (laughs) Yeah, we lost it. We lost the thread. Then we just got silly. This is so good. This is so good. And Bryna, I know for you, like World Changers Media is really this boutique hybrid publishing company. You're really focused on ideas for impact. You know that great books can change lives. And I really hear that what you're up to is helping to build movements and you're helping to topple outdated paradigms, right? With your publishing company. And there's also something really special about, I mean, I know that you publish for men too, but I know that you have a special interest in publishing women's stories. So I want to hear a little bit more about that and then we can wrap it up. I really feel like, you know, to me, my job is the care and feeding of big ideas. And that's kind of always how I've come at things. And, you know, for better or worse, it seems like the big ideas in the past have always come from this, you know, very kind of patriarchal space. And we're in a time where that is rapidly changing. And so I love being able to contribute to new voices, to diverse voices, to voices that that are are speaking out for the new ways of being and doing and living and creating. And it just so happens that very many of those voices are women's voices. I also am a big believer in balance, you know, that there is, you know, masculine energy. I'm a big fan of masculine energy. I tend to carry a lot of it. I get shit done, you know, and you, 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 <laughs> yes. all, yeah, you guys know that about me. I get shit done. That's why we come to you, Bryna. It's not the only way and that there needs to be this balance. And, you know, Monica, I know that this is a core of your work. There's, there needs to be this balance in order for for love and and prosperity and abundance and real change to emerge. And so mm-hmm. I think that it's for me it's about having my fingers and my my thoughts and my my capacities involved in these ideas so that we can, you know, grow them and you know come back to the, you know, the kid metaphor, like we can raise these children that are our ideas to operate within that new paradigm and that new balance. It's like the fantasy world. You're, you've made that fantasy world, right? It's coming to life. I totally have. I mean, I have a dragon. I mean, right? you know, you I've been waiting for this my whole life. Let, let's be real. But, you know, so it's, it's not that I, I preferentially 
preferentially. Did I say that word right? It's been a long day of talking. I kind of like it, Bryna. Yeah. yeah. Preferentially. It's not that I have a preference for publishing women. I don't, you know, say I'm only going to take so many men this year, or I'm only going to take so many books from these types of authors this year. It's not, it's not like that. But I do really believe that women as emerging leaders are exactly what is required for us to experience the kind of change in the world that we're all looking for, that that yes. every single yeah. one of us needs and is looking for. And so that's my job is to is to bring their voices forward. Yes. I love that. I also really know that there are other values that you really stand by. One of them is superior quality, transformational nonfiction. There's a lot that you like to do in that realm. Also, that you're really into working with next generation thought leaders, conscious entrepreneurs, creatives, industry disruptors, which is, you know, one of my favorite, just bring the word disruptor and I'm in. Um, <laughs> and and <laughs> we know this. Um, and so, you know, I love that. And if you weren't world changers media, you'd be like dream makers media. But I think world changers really works. And Kim, yeah, is there anything to both of you that I haven't asked that you think is important to mention here? Uh, uh, for me, you know, like this to me is not about excluding men, because I know a lot of people ask you, why don't you have men's stories? I love when men come to our events and I actually think they're more moved by the stories sometimes than the women are. And this is very, a very important piece for me because I feel like we need to be in this with community with men as well, but women have a different kind of community with one another. And then we, we birth and we share. And when men can learn that we are not a threat, <laughs> we don't need to be put in a closet or the back room or the kitchen that we're actually here to be the mothers that we always were innately. And I don't mean that necessarily as a birthing mother, but just the mother of all things that we will be one. And so I just want to say that born to rise is not exclusively for women. It is simply women's stories for all to hear. So that's just a little clarification. Yeah, I love that. And the allyship is so important. And I'm the reason I'm grinning and, and so big is because the first born to rise event that I spoke at, I just remember Austin, like the sea, right, of, yeah. the sea of women and Austin is like the only man in the room. And of course, the women were calling him the Sultan. And it was just so funny. I know my husband came to the, never came to them and then came to one and he's been to one ever since. Like he has yes. one since that one. It just takes that little like, oh, what's actually happening here? And then they come and they're like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, this is amazing. It is. It's so true. So good. All right. And Bryna, anything else that you want to mention that I haven't asked or that you think is important to bring up? Just how much I love you and how much we appreciate you for this opportunity to come and talk about this project and share this with, with your audience and, and everybody who needs to, you know, just be reminded that their story is important. So I just want to celebrate you for a moment because uh, we love, love you, you so much. Yeah. Well, in, we're all in this together. And I think that's the other part of this sisterhood is, you know, there's something that I talk about a lot is this 
allyship between women too, you know, that there is this generosity. I've been using Bethany's expression, it's not pie, you know, (laughs) it's like, there's enough for everybody. And so sometimes, you know, like, if we don't take the time to celebrate and forward and highlight and share another woman's work, like, that's how we collectively get there is by really looking out for each other. And really, that was what was on my heart the other night when I realized, like, oh, my gosh, they're they're launching and I meant to circle back and create a date and an opportunity for this to happen. And I'm just so grateful that the two of you were able to do it on such short notice. I win hashtag. (laughs) And so and so do my listeners. And so thank you so much and lead them Kim to and and Bryna to your where they can find you and I'll be sure to put the rest in, you know, the show notes. Yeah, so you can pre-order the book now, which which will be released on May 21st at borntorisebook.net. If you would like to be an author in the next book, you can certainly reach out to Bryna or me. Uh, my website is uh, borntorise.live, and Bryna can certainly share hers. Please come to our June event in Providence at the RISD Auditorium and listen to the authors, and they'll be telling stories as well as sharing their experience about this and what has evolved for them and transformed. And you'll be in a community with incredible women. So that's also on the website, borntorise.live. So that's my little shtick. And uh, yeah, so if you go to borntorisebook.net, I did actually, uh, prior to the show, add a link right in the announcement bar at the top of the website for if you would like to put in your author application, uh, you can just go right there and you can, it'll be redirected to the application page. If you want to learn more about our work at World Changers Media, go to worldchangers.media. And if you're curious about any of the projects we have going on, there's a link to book a call with me right on the homepage. I always prefer to discuss things in person. So if you have questions, if you want to talk, if you just want to say hi, feel free to hop in my calendar. I love that. And this, I just want to repeat, this is why we go to you, Bryna, is because you just whipped it up (laughs) right beforehand, made it happen last minute. Unbelievable. I bow to you, my queen. Really quickly, Monica, it's so funny. I I had a big shift recently because I have been such a solopreneur. And when her group, Bryna and Marie and Alexa started, you know, putting graphics together, getting the summit ready, all these things, I was just like, hanging on for the ride. They were amazing. So any doubt, go there because they're going to get the job done. Just like she said, it was a really do and a surrender to say, you've got this. I don't need to do this. You've got this. Yeah. It's something to behold for sure. Right. It's just like, Okay. And so, so thank you so much to both of you. Your work is so powerful and so needed in this world. And I'm just so, so, so celebrating the both of you. Congratulations. Thank you. And to our listeners, we'll be sure to put Kim and Bryna's links in the show notes. Don't miss this opportunity. You want to get on board. You want to do this. You have a story in you. It's, it's going to be powerful. It's going to be amazing. And until next time, more to be revealed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always, more to be revealed.